Good evening, Patriots. And it is still Thursday, April 14th on the West Coast, and it's now April 15th, Friday on the East Coast. So it's all good. And it's still the year 2022, the last time I checked. But the way this world is going, I'm probably going to wake up and watch walk through a time warp or something. It's crazy. We have a, we're a wild place we are in right now. So much insanity. And little by little, they're trying to squeeze us all into this choke point where we each think we're trying to do something different and discover that all the hand puppets were of the same master. And that's really where we got to be careful of. Before we begin, make sure you check out the products to help keep your immune system strong. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day, while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So Patriots, as we start to really look at this world and we're starting to see the truth surface up, we're finding the truth is percolating up in many different areas. And the conspiracies, obviously, that we were led to believe that we were spouting, which probably didn't stop any of us from saying them anyway, weren't conspiracies, and we've known that, but they were truths. And truth is a very hard thing for people to digest. One of the measures of truth is to see the reaction to a statement and how much it shakes people up. I, when I mentioned this to you before, when the masks first came out, I made comments when I was on Twitter that those who wore the mask would end up taking the vax. I also spoke out strongly against President Trump when he started to push the vax. Interestingly, it was the most violent responses to those comments came from what we would have considered to be allies, which was the MAGA group and Q, the Q followers, to be clear. That's the same thing we're witnessing right now with Dr. Artis, which tells me that what he's saying with all the people trying to say he's wrong Whatever he's done, he's struck a nerve in people. And I believe a lot of that nerve is that there was a very comfortable place that people had fallen into, accepting that we finally understood everything about the crypto or about the fake Wuhan virus, this COVID thing, and that many of the people who had taken the injection were very solid with appreciating that, yep, I was just victim of a 
horrible bioweapon, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of what Dr. Artis presents and the shakeup of that is that we were duped, big time duped, and that there was an intentional act to poison people. And that has been a hard pill for many to swallow, though we know it's to be true. If you've been following a lot of the narrative of Trump's promotion of the vax and how it's just a fake injection and all this other garbage, it has really rocked the core and the foundation of what many people believe. This is part of their magnitude of their reaction. It is also that many of the people that have drawn conclusions are suddenly on defense because they're no longer the subject of the focus as their egos get filled. And that creates enormous challenges for people in the sense of humility and just accepting that this is one fight. And this is the part that I always get to is this is one fight. We're all trying to pursue truth and there's going to be many things presented, but we're trying to fight an invisible enemy. And that enemy is, takes on many different forms. Here's one right here. It's truth in plain sight. And yet this is going to be equally hard for people to accept. I'm not a big fan of Dr. Phil, but I found this episode quite interesting. Check this out. I believe somebody in an cult was drugging my daughter Jessie for a year before she went missing. I believe that she was killed June 20th, 2016 because it was a full moon and the summer solstice at the same time and then the next day was the Lilith. Lilith is a holiday that the occult does celebrate and it requires a human sacrifice. I had a person say to me that if I looked around at the environment and looked at the seasons, I would see a pattern. And as I looked and did more research, realized that it was very specific and that people went missing on very specific days throughout the whole year. Mom thinks everything's connected to other missing persons. Like it's a big way. I believe that Jesse was tortured for the drug adrenochrome. Adrenochrome is a chemical that our body produces when we are extremely fearful or have a lot of distress. It's just strength that gives you vitality. And the people that killed Jesse are harvesting that from other people. And when you drink it, it gives you euphoria and power. I believe that the police are protecting her killer. Well, would you look at that? Here I thought adrenochrome was all just a conspiracy. But what do I know? The interesting thing is how these truths, as they come out, they remain, to a large degree, compartmentalized. And when we start to overlay them over each other, we start to see this master connect, this master connection of all things. So much of this is all related, and it keeps coming down to a very central theme. And that theme is where they're trying to take us. These, these hand puppet jobs that we're seeing right now, they, they direct us to look one way and then the other way. But if we keep coming back again and again, what is it that all the elites are seeking in one way or another? What is every nation state trying to acquire? Dominance with AI. Take a listen to this. AI is a fundamental risk to the existence of human civilization. I mean, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. Um, if I were to guess at what our biggest existential threat is, it's probably that. The advent of artificial general intelligence is called the singularity for a reason, because just like a black hole, which is a singular singularity, it's difficult to predict what will happen. Um, so it's not as though the advent of AGI is necessarily bad, but it's bad as one of the possible outcomes. Well, I mean, humans have been the smartest creature on Earth for a long time. 
and that is going to change with uh, what's typically called artificial general intelligence. Uh, so this is, say, an AI that is uh, smarter than a human in every way. You know, th th this is something we should be concerned about. I think there should be uh, government oversight of uh, AI developments, super advanced AI. It's just this is anything that is a potential danger to the public. We generally agree that this should have uh, government oversight to ensure that the the public safety is taken care of. You know, I, I have exposure to the very, very most cutting edge um, AI. I think people should be really concerned about it. Um, I keep sounding the alarm bell, but you know, until people see like robots going down the street killing people, like they don't know how to react, you know, because it seems so ethereal. Um, and um, I think we should be really concerned about AI, and I think we should. Yeah, this is, AI is a rare case where I think we need to be proactive in regulation instead of reactive, um, because I think by the time we are reactive in AI regulation, it's too late. That was Elon Musk, my favorite con job in the entire world. But fact of the matter is that Elon has captured the has mesmerized, not just capture. He's literally mesmerized a whole generation. He's has a whole generation of people just drooling over his CGI rockets that go to space, drooling over his cars that burn up and explode around the world, drooling at his production facilities that can't produce the things fast enough or on time, drooling at his absolute mass accumulation of wealth that's been all subsidized by taxpayer dollars and probably the CIA. So nonetheless, he does speak a certain truth about AI, but the catch at the end is what negates pretty much everything he says, which is that we should allow for greater government oversight proactively. I want you to imagine Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, uh, Nadler, and Schiff developing a proactive policy to control AI when I'm not sure that they themselves can even write the letters AI without having help. We are dealing with a sophistication of technologies that is being put on to us, not by government, and it doesn't help that it's, it's not going to help of government intervention. It's being driven by a military-industrial complex. It's being driven by Silicon Valley. It's being driven by the engines of profit out of Wall Street and the central bankers. And whether this takes the form of the WEF, the World Economic Forum's vision of the world, which is a centralized one-world government, or whether it takes on this form of regionalized governments, more like a North American Union, a BRICS nation assembly, something like that, a European Union, nonetheless, AI remains central to the views of what people want in the leadership roles. And worse, people that are trying to promote this QFS, quantum financial system, who start to believe and are believing that there can somehow be this superior AI that manages human affairs and helps keep us in line. If you've seen the movie, and I'm, I was just about ready to name the wrong title, it's with Keanu Reeves, and it's, um, it's basically when we are going on the brink of the loss of civilization. And it's at this moment, that in this one of the great moments of this film, is that people are arguing for the right to maintain civilization. But the one thing about this is that and that's a movie was the day the earth stood still. So, uh, and that's 
that film, The Day the Earth Stood Still, was a, an artificial intelligence robot that was managing the affairs to make sure that people retained their, their nonviolent way, kept from being violent. And if they did, it, was, it would intercede and prevent any violence from happening. There is this whole concept that's been put into film and into the belief of, ab- of handing over our rights to an artificial intelligence. There's only one element that that would be, and that's Satan himself. The replacement of God with an artificial God. That's essentially what we're looking at in all of this, of trying to, and this is at the center of the entire worship, in fact, in Silicon Valley. If you're looking for one of the most, I would say, it in fastest moving and developing ideas of a one world religion, don't look to the Vatican. Don't look to Dubai or Qatar. Look in Silicon Valley because that's where the development of the AI church is happening. And it is. They are developing quite literally a worship of a church to develop an artificial intelligence God. That's truly the center of all evil. So this is a critical point right now that we have to start confronting to try to realize that the real threat of all these other are all pieces of the same thing. And it is a quiet, quiet and slow development of AI around the back end. One of the ways they've kept us very busy with that is war. And they continue to use war in terms of generating fear and keeping us at odds with one another. Now I'm going to deviate a little bit here, but it's going to come back and we'll bring it back at the end. But I wanted you to, I want to play a piece here. It's 56 seconds. And I want you to really think about how we are affected by these influences of war, how war becomes a very control element for us and how war becomes an issue for us that drives our fear, drives our anxiety. This testimony you're going to hear, which is just somebody reading from some of the comments on Reddit, Reddit, I can overlay an exact story, which I will, about this. And it's absolutely true what is being portrayed here. And this goes back to Afghanistan. So take a listen. Soldiers of Reddit who have fought in Afghanistan, what preconceptions did you have that turned out to be completely wrong? That Afghanistan was an actual country. It's only so on a map. The people, in some of the more rural places, at least, have no concept of Afghanistan. We were in a village in northern Kandahar province, talking to some people who of course had no idea who we were or why we were there. This was in 2004, not only had they not heard about 9-11s, they hadn't heard Americans had come over. Talking to them further, they hadn't heard about that one time the Russians were in Afghanistan either. We then asked if they knew where the city of Kandahar was, which is a rather large and important city some 30 miles to the south. They'd heard of it, but no one had ever been there, and they didn't know when it was. For them, there was no Afghanistan. The concept just didn't exist. But they had any idea why we were there. We'd asked them if they knew what 9-11s was, and they had no idea. We'd show them pictures of the WTC on fire after the planes hit and ask them what it was their response was usually that it was a picture of a building the US bombed in Kabul, their capital. Kind of mind-blowing that they're being occupied by a foreign military force and have no idea why. It's kind of mind-blowing and yet it also shows how controlled and influenced we are by media and a narrative. And that's the critical piece to all of this, is that we're being shaped right now still by narratives. What we should be doing is stepping back and pursuing truths. And there's a big difference. And I go back to this incident again with artists, Dr. Artists this week, which is this, there's been a complete bifurcation in the thoughts. One, people are saying it's absolutely not true and don't want to dig into it. Other people are pursuing it. 
the emotional response to that has all been built in by, in by design. That's what media and our programming does. But let's go to Afghanistan and let's take that story. And I'm going to give you some, uh, another version of this. We went into a valley in one area called Carne. And in this valley, there was three, as we learned soon after we got there, there were three Taliban factions that had taken up residence, all at the different compass points. And we were literally surrounded. And that was one of the places that we endured about a week of daily fighting, nightly fighting, with no reinforcements anywhere within reach. And that was just a handful of us. Now, here's the deal. The villagers, when they first encountered us, thought we were Russian. The villagers had no idea that the Russians had left. The Russians left somewhere around 1989, I believe. This was 2006. They had no idea that the Russians were gone. They just thought that we were Russians in different, in different uniforms. Now, we say this, and we, it's easy to laugh at this, but the fact of the matter is that their world was not touched by any of the outside world. This is a world where there was no electricity, where we were. There was, at night, the sky was as clear as it could possibly be. And there was, they were completely disconnected from all of the stuff that was out there. They didn't know who we were and didn't know what was going on. In another place, in the northern part of the Kandahar province where we were at, when we went up there and I discovered, and I was doing some work there with one of the special forces teams, we discovered that there was a village that I could see from one village to the other. When I started to do the investigation, I discovered that neither village had talked to each other or even visited each other for over 100 years. This is a sort of disconnection we're talking about in these rural areas. And I say this because the world just goes on. The world is like a time capsule when you get here. People continue to do the old ways and live the old ways. But in this world of what we call progress, the cost of our progress has been that we are continuing to be channeled and and pushed into a place where we are being subjected to the AI. We are being subjected to these new advanced technologies. We are being subjected to the narratives of control, and we're accepting them. When you really dig into part of the fight of Afghanistan, one of the big lies there is that the Taliban were all terrorists. There were people that were evil. There were people there to do nothing more than to kill Americans because that's what they dreamt of doing. But the Taliban is also a religious order, and it's a very stabilizing order. It's of note that under the Taliban rule prior to the U.S. going in, the opium production was as low as it ever was. Under our rule, which was the CIA part of the fight, the opium production was as high as it ever was. So you can start to see where all these narratives start to cover and what they're covering, which is the dark hand of evil that keeps working around and keeps using our flag as its place of cover and using us and our reputation in the form of our government to extort that evil across the world. That's the part that we have to start looking very deep at. And so the question you really have to ask when you go to a place like Afghanistan a place where they truly are disconnected from all the influences in many parts like Afghanistan, I should say, where they are truly disconnected from this nonsense of narrative and constant saturation of media and TV. Who is really going to be subjected to the enslavement by the AI? Is it going to be the world? Or is it just going to be us that are dumb enough to start listening to the narratives and believing the story? Because quite literally, stories do define us. And they want nothing more right now than for people to believe the story that they are going to take control. 
They use all of these other things as part of their ritual sacrifice, the sacrificing of children, the taking of the adrenochrome. The, they do so many of these ritual pieces because it's part of their magic. It's Babylonian magic. It's Luciferian magic. It's witchcraft magic. It's all of these things that they do to literally put spells on people. But I'm not so convinced it's as much of a spell as it is an, a willingness of people to accept it. One of the big things about magic, even if you're sitting here and looking at a show in Reno, is you have to be willing to believe the trick that's before you. And that's pretty much what a large percentage of our population still does. Because it doesn't want to take the chance of breaking up the narratives of comfort in which we live with. That's not the way God kept us. That's not the way God created us. And so it reminds me of Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. It's one of my great quotes. I learned this. I love this quote in the Bible because when I say people are stupid, I can point to Proverbs twelve one and say it's actually biblical. But this is a truth. We are in the the place right now where we have to start being very aggressive with our internal self, that part of us that wants to hold back and get comfortable with the truths that are coming out. We owe it to ourselves, we owe it to humanity to continue to push the window of exploration, investigation, and truths. God isn't restricting us, we restrict ourselves. And when we start to close down, or why, and especially when we watch people close down, we need to double down to start finding out what it is that they're trying to hide from or trying to avoid seeing. Truth is not a comfortable thing. Matter of fact, it's a responsibility, and many times it makes us extremely uncomfortable. But as we continue to pull back these layers and layers of the illusions in which we live, this is getting to a place now where we begin to get uncomfortable, every one of us. We have to get to a place where pretty much anything can be discussed and discussed openly. And to do that, in my opinion, the only way you get there is when you're sitting solid or standing solid on that rock of faith and that true knowledge that you are tight with God. You know, someone made a comment to me a while ago, and I have to say it's a good one. They're like, one day they said we're going to end up, and this was a sarcastic comment, but hear me out on this because I think it was a great observation. They said one of these days we're probably going to end up seeing all these lizard heads run around the street and these reptilians expose themselves. And the next comment was this. They said, and the people that are going to freak out the most are the Christian community. And they're the very ones that shouldn't be surprised at all because it all began in the garden. Now think about that comment for a minute. Whether or not you believe in aliens or lizard heads or reptilians, I don't care about that. That's not my point. It's the point that in the very Bible itself, we have talked about, a reptilian of some fashion, which we refer to as Satan, that has corrupted things from the very beginning, a snake. So why would we be surprised if all of a sudden a bunch of snake heads or lizard heads came cropping out of everywhere? We shouldn't be. In fact, we should be the first ones drawing our swords to go slay them. But you know, you and I all know that the probability of that happening would be that instead people would be freaking out and saying that it's an illusion and calling and, and having and losing their mind. And the ones who would be losing their mind the most, I swear, will be the ones that are sitting in the pews. That shouldn't be that way. God gave us a mind to pursue knowledge, to pursue truth, and to quite literally dig deep into who we are, 
to be able to look at this world and its beauty and all of its challenges that come at us and know that however it happens, it doesn't matter because he's with us. Christ is with us. And we have that security. We are literally walking in a place of no fear. And that fearless pursuit in our life gives us the ability to walk into circumstances and face things unshaken. I always love the story of David because you can imagine what Goliath looked like. You can't tell me that was a pleasant view to see, nor was it normal. This was a massive beast of a, of a thing that he was facing. And yet he gr- walked up to Goliath fearlessly, fearless in his heart, fearless in his actions, and spoke to Goliath as though he was just some scum piece of junk on the side of the road. But he did so with such nobleness and, and proclaiming God's name in the fight. There was no fear in him. That approach as we take to this world is essential. And part of that, get that lack of fear gives us the ability to step away from this matrix that is trying to continually throw its tendrils out and draw us in. Don't think for a second that they aren't adapting to the awakening because they are. There is a great awakening going on. It's happening everywhere, and they're very cognizant of it. The old guard, the as we hear, the old guard is dying off, and we could argue that, and, and it's a very solid argument to make, even visually with what we see. The lack of cognitive ability by people like Pelosi, Feinstein, Nadler, Schiff, these people are slowly dying off, and they will eventually die off. We've got a hand puppet with dementia that's supposed to be a president that was installed instead of elected. But this old guard, as it slowly wanes off, the question is, what's coming behind it? Is it better, or is it just another, is it just another flavor of the same old thing? I argue that in the elite circles, it's just another flavor of the same old thing with another little twist here or there. But in the end of the day, again, what are they all seeking? What do they all support? Those are the deeper questions we have to ask. Tell me an elite that's telling you that AI is not a good thing to continue with. Tell me an AI, not, not that it should be regulated, that it should be stopped. Tell me somebody in the elite circles that are telling you that the injection should be stopped. Is anybody saying that? The answer is no. Tell me somebody in the elite circles that are telling you that digital currency needs to be stopped. No one's saying that. And it's always the same issue because they all have something to gain from this. Their gain is not our gain. Their gain is their gain for their benefit, for their wealth, for their power. I played a piece earlier in the previous show about BlackRock's positioning with the new cryptocurrencies. It's important to appreciate what's happening there. The cryptocurrencies, BlackRock is positioning itself to buy up huge chunks of cryptocurrencies, massive, to take control and then to set the rules that only specific currencies can exist and only specific people can participate in them. That's all part of this new world order, creating a place for the elites that everybody gets locked out on. And yet nobody is saying stop. Why? Because they all think that they can gain something. And what is this? It's just a replication of the old system taking on a new form. It's Babylon with another, another color on the outside of the tower. We have to be very cognizant of this because the traps are massive right now. And the way towards that path with God is not going to be one of repeating the old, but it's one of breaking from the old. And the way we get there is to start believing truly in what's possible within us. 
I want to play a piece that I played earlier today on Bended Knee, but I want you to hear this. This is a bit of an esoteric piece, so I give you that up front, but I want you to hear how he frames things of what we consider to be impossible and how he shows that they are possible when they're relensed. And most importantly, listen to his last part of his message, 58 seconds. In just under one minute, I'm going to show you how the supernatural is actually very natural. A lot of people believe it's impossible to move something without touching it. Yet the moon moves water on Earth while it's 238,000 miles away from it. That's called high tide and low tide. A lot of people believe that shape-shifting, being able to shift your physical form, is impossible. Yet a caterpillar naturally turns into a butterfly. A lot of people believe that it's impossible to detect upcoming weather without high technology. Yet birds do it all the time, and so do many other animals. So the fact is, is that all of these things are very natural. The only thing that will limit us from reaching our limitless capability is our belief that something is impossible. The truth is, nothing is impossible. Yeah, shape-shifting does not count if you're a transgender, by the way. So the whole principle of this and he just pointed out, and I think it's very powerful when we frame it, technology is a mimicking of what God has put within us. Let that sink in a minute. When you think about the Internet, what is the Internet? It allows connectivity between us in a profound way. But if we really understood the power of prayer and what God gave us, we are connected through one body. Again, it's a digital replication, a primitive replication at that, of what God has put in us naturally. God has given us the most amazing abilities. The only limitation has been us, us. Christ doesn't say those things about us being able to have dominion over all evil. Luke 10, 19, behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Those words aren't said just to ca- just lightly or offhandedly. Those are words by Christ. It's red letter language. Why would he say that if he didn't meant it? mean it. And if he didn't mean it, then that would suggest things unbelievable in the Bible that basically Christ was speaking, doing this a lot and just speaking in offhanded terms, which we know is not true. Consider John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the father. Greater works than these he will do? Greater works than Christ he will do? We, us? How is that possible? And yet he has said it is so. We don't consider these things deep enough, in my opinion. We don't look deeply into ourselves of what God has made in us. And we, haven't, we don't seek out the relationship deeply that we need to to really connect truly with Father. All of this centers, quite frankly, on a single word, trust but trust in a most profound way. We're still living in a material world. We're still living in a world of scarcity. We're still living in a world of of anxiety, a world of anger, a world of hate. That's the world, though we're working very hard to take a step away from that and break from the matrix to go away towards God. All of these things that are being offered these new currencies, the new digital world, the obsession that people have. In fact, I read an article today, which was quite interesting, talking about 
how one of the guys found that there's a massive group of Christians. He was very specific in this economic article about how there's a massive group of Christians that are now working in the crypto area and how important that was for him to validate the importance and direction that crypto is the right way because it's apparently blessed by God. I don't know that I've never seen anything in the Bible about crypto. And again, it's people overlaying things and trying to justify things, which is far out of context. I understand the, the concept of decentralizing things. It's essential to God's way to break up the central monopolies and distribute it across the world for his children to run. That makes perfect sense to me. Whether or not that's exactly God's plan or not, I have no idea, but it's definitely something that makes a lot of sense to me. I would say that in talking about currencies, we, there is some sort of exchange that needs to go on in a world built around scarcity. But as we embrace these continued processes of scarcity, where do we arrive at a place of trusting in God where all things are promised and deliver, all things asked for, he will deliver? And when we keep translating those things in terms of currency, what are we doing? We're limiting what God can do and we're skewing the entire process of our faith. How many times have you heard what we ask for God will deliver in some form of that? And how many times do you find yourself thinking in terms of a dollar figure of something that God will deliver on? Not saying it's wrong, but it's the way we're conditioned because we think in terms of dollars and monetary things when in fact, we know that's not the way God works. God works in amazing ways. We can be praying on something and asking for help or asking for guidance, asking just for him to open doors for us, thinking in terms of us like we will have to open them, and all of a sudden something comes out of left field. Somebody offers you something, an opportunity arises. Some, the seemingly impossible happens because that's how God works. But our world that we're in, that we're trying to break from, is keeps reminding us and telling us that everything is about me or about you. It's about each one of us individually, the wealth that we accumulate, the, the processes that we have to make my life easier, to make my life more efficient, to break away from this master to go to this master. But this master is better than the other master because he's going to give us a little more latitude than the previous master. That's really the fight we're in right now. And then I go back to the Afghans. And I say this for a very particular reason. Because all this garbage that we're into, they don't know anything about it. They're just living their life the way they did the last 200, 400, 500 years. And I'm not exaggerating. I've told you this story before, but it's one to remember. I was talking to an interpreter one day. An interpreter I was using, he was on loan to me. And he made the comment in a conversation. He said, I just went up to Kabul. We were down in the southern part of Afghanistan. He said, I just went up to Kabul, and I took time to talk to my niece to explain to her that the people that she was hanging out with, that we could not trust them. We could not trust that tribe. So I pursued the story. I asked him, I said, how, does, how, how, how did that work? What, what happened? And he said, well, they stole a goat from the family when we were in need and from our tribe and some of the people in our tribe starved. I said, oh, when did that happen? And he said, 200 years ago. Now, on one, one thought, I just, I was unbelievable. I was like, I cannot believe you're holding on to a grudge for 200 years. But at the same time, with the insight that's important to that is to realize that the same patterns that were there, the same relationships that were there, nothing had disrupted that story over 200 years. Again, stories are what define us. 
And it is so important that we realize that the stories and narratives that we walk in truly are shaping the world around us. They shape the way we see each other. They shape the perceptions of the world we see. If that wasn't true, then tell me why they spend so many millions and millions of dollars, if not billions and thousands of hours to try to convince you that their way, those in power now, is the only way. They understand very well that what we believe leads to where we arrive. And that is one of the most powerful parts when we look at Scripture that way, that when we put God first before us in all things and truly trust in Him, we will arrive at the most amazing of places and we will experience the most amazing of walks. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this evening very blessed and very humbled by all that you've given and all that you lead. Father, this time is a, is a time right now when we really pray for clarity and discernment. Pray for clarity to see the world clearly, to truly see the missteps that can happen if we trust in the old narratives. We pray for, we pray for discernment to be able to see through the fog that they create with the lies and deceptions, the offerings of Babylon. Father, in this time, and, and we're challenged in many ways in this time, because it's, we don't always have reference points to the truth, except we have one that too often we forget. And so forgive us for these transgressions, and we forget to lean into you. We forget too often to lean into Jesus and ask Jesus for that guidance and that, that touch, a touch of the shoulder, that touch on the hand, to just say, go this way or follow me. So in this time, Allow us that power and that understanding, that, that desire to always seek you first in all of this, to hear you more clearly, the knowledge and wisdom which you bestow upon our heart, to guide us through this time that can be quite a maze. And Father, we know we have to trust, and we have to trust more than ever as we continue to build up our preparations for whatever is to come. Let those preparations be part of a glorious reach, uh, something that we're looking forward to, to help others to start stepping into a new world. Let us not have these preparations be anchors to us that are holding us back or manifestations of evil in dark days. Lord, we are here in a most amazing time that you've blessed us to be a witness to the world of old guard that is truly collapsing. So Lord, we just ask that as we witness this, we just witness this with an open heart to be able to see all clearly and to be able to turn to you and to understand the wisdom that you can place on our hearts so that we can translate what we see into the true sense of truth that sits before us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It is so important in this time that we continue to walk deeper and more closer to God. It is so easy in this time to be distracted. Again, no judgment. But it's important that when we start to feel ourselves drift away, turn to God, reach to Jesus, ask him for that guidance, and be, be candid about it. Don't be hesitant. As we do these amazing things, this world begins to really open up. And what we see before us is quite an amazing show. There's nothing in this that we're afraid, that we can be afraid of. There's nothing in this that can stop us because we truly can accomplish the impossible, at least by the standards of what this world has said, it will seem impossible. But the greatest gift of all is God's given us one thing. All things are possible through him. So that's kind of one of the greatest pieces of 
of knowledge we've ever been given. All we have to do is trust and believe. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. We're in a very amazing time where prayers are so important. So keep your prayers up. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And his wisdom is there for the taking. All we have to do is ask and reach. And God will win this. Yet we still have a very important place in this time in history for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to the level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it
Something to find. 